You are listening to Omaha Birth and Babies Podcast, Episode 6, where we will be discussing Andrea's youngest child's birth experience, which is a VBAC, and today is actually his seventh birthday. Hi there, and welcome to the Omaha Birth and Babies Podcast Show. We are your hosts. I'm Andrea Showers. And I'm Shannon Barnett. We have been in the birth and postpartum industry since the beginning of 2015. Together, we have built a thriving birth and postpartum doula agency in Omaha, Nebraska. We are blessed to have a phenomenal team of doulas who offer professional and personalized care to each of our clients. We are so happy you are joining us on this podcast adventure. While listening to this podcast, you will hear stories and education surrounding all things fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, newborn, parenthood, and more. We will also have many experts and professionals that will be joining us as we dig deep into all the topics expecting and new parents want to know. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, welcome back to today's podcast. Um, It's actually just going to be me, Andrea, today for this podcast because it is my youngest child's seventh birthday. And so I kind of wanted to share with you listeners um, my youngest kiddo's birth story. So with that being said, my husband always says that when I tell a story, I have to go back to Genesis. And what he means by that is that apparently I am um, always going back to like the way, way beginning. So in typical Andrea fashion, let me do that with you. So to get to my youngest kiddo's birth story, so I have three kids. Um, to get to his birth story, I have to actually take you back to my other two kids, my first two kids' birth stories, which basically are, in a nutshell, um, were cesarean births. Uh, So C-section births. My first one was an induction that led to a uh, pretty quick cesarean. Um, And then my second one was actually just a repeat cesarean. I grew up in a town um, in Iowa that they did not have the ability at the hospitals that were there to have um, anesthesiologist on staff um, 24 hours a day to do um, or to be there for uh, vaginal birth after cesarean, so VBAC moms, which is what I would have been. So with my second, um, it was kind of the only option that I really knew of. And so I decided to have a repeat cesarean with my second kiddo, and it actually was a really decent experience. Um, And so with my third, um, oh, I should also add, both of my first two kids were over nine pounds. One was nine three, one was nine two. I am like five three, somewhere around one hundred and twenty pounds. So I'm a fairly um, smaller on you know the spectrum person. So with that, uh, they just thought that my babies were just way too big for me to vaginally birth. And so when I got pregnant, um, the third, well, when I got pregnant, technically the fourth time, but my third kid, um, I expected to have a repeat C-section again, my third C-section. But um, at the 20-week ultrasound where you kind of like figure out their gender, um, we noticed that this little boy was smaller than his other two, you know, siblings, that he was on more on the normal side where my other two were already showing that they were going to be larger kids. Um, I honestly have no idea if that's just because who he is, which knowing him, he's incredibly tiny and petite, um, little kiddo, or if it was because I was trying to make better food choices than the first two kids, just because I 
didn't want to gain 50 pounds <laughs> again. Um, but regardless, he was smaller, which then made me think, well, if he's smaller, could I possibly um, give birth to him vaginally? And again, my doctor said no, because that's not what they do there. Um, but something in me wanted to push that a little bit further this time, which it really didn't last time. I don't know if it was like, well, you always had said that it's because my babies are too big and now this one's small. So maybe it actually is, you know, going to happen. Um, and so I, from there, um, did a little bit more research and it wasn't a common thing to have a vaginal birth after two cesareans, especially seven years ago. Um, and so to find the help support, um, that I needed, um, I did a lot of research and I came upon what's called ICANN. Honestly, I think it's International Cesarean Awareness Network, I believe. So with that, um, I found this like ICANN Facebook group and they said, you need to get yourself a doula. I had no idea what a doula was, um, like zero. Um, and so I asked about 150 questions because that's what I do um, and figured out that there was an ICANN chapter um, in Omaha. Um, and so I reached out to that ICANN person to see if she would know um, who would be a good doula that would work with somebody like me that was trying to um, have this birth. It's not super common and around. Um, so I called her um, I got the voicemail. I left a voicemail. She called me right back and talked to her. And I found out that she, in fact, was a doula. Uh, her name was Amber Pillar. Um, she is now, I believe, in Houston. I know it's for sure Texas. Um, but I'm sure. I think it's Houston. Um, but she is a wealth of knowledge because she herself is a VBAC mom. Um, so that, to me, was like, okay, so you're a VBAC mom and a doula, and you know a lot about the type of birth that I'm wanting. It was an absolute, like, where do I sign? Um, and so I met with her in person, my husband and I did, and my husband jokes because I was asking her all these questions about, like, medical, you know, like, mucus and, you know, this and testing and ovulate, all of these, like, really what he would consider gross words. And he said, and she didn't bat an eye once. And that was completely in her normal realm. So I think you two will get along fabulously. And this is obviously before I was a doula. I was just a medical assistant at this point. Um, and so I hired her. We did some stuff um, prenatally, worked together. Um, I still never fully believed um, even though I wanted it so badly, I never fully believed that, that my body could actually give birth. I think I was a little jaded um, and thought that my body was mostly broken, um, but I still wanted to try because I did not care personally for my C-section recoveries. Um, I don't really care for the C-sections in general anyway, but the recoveries for me, um, they were rough. Um, and so I wanted to see if there was something else, something different. So I didn't have to do this a third time. Um, and so, um, it came all the way to, um, she helped me find a provider. Um, I actually interviewed a couple providers and one of them I left in tears because, um, it just was not a very supportive provider, even though that person said that they were. Um, and so my goal was to find a provider that, would not force me to 
um, to have a C-section just because I didn't have my baby by its estimated guest date. Um, my son's estimated guest date was April 5th of 2014. Um, and so I had a lot of providers are like, yeah, I'll let you try if you go into labor by that due date. Otherwise, no, you're going to have to have an automatic C-section. And I had read enough to know that not every baby comes before their due date. And my other two were C-sectioned at 39 weeks and three days. So I, I did not want to take that risk. So I kept searching. So I finally found a doctor that was in Bellevue and it's actually quite funny because, um, he was just a family practice doctor. It was not an OB specialist. It was not, you know, it was just a family practice doctor that really believed in the body. And he, and his, um, partner who I don't remember, I think it's Hobbs now, but it was Wells back then, Dr. Wells, and she was phenomenal. Um, and so I would go into all of my appointments and there was no talk of, you know, are you sure you want to do this? This is probably not the safest thing for you or your baby, you know, your weight's an issue, any of, any of that going on. Um, I actually believe that they probably believed in my body a little bit more than even I did. Um, and I would say that's absolutely true because I remember going in there at about 30, like 39 weeks and like five days. I don't know. It was something, it was super, super close to my guest date. Um, and I just sat there and I was like, I don't think this is going to happen. Like, I don't, I don't know how, you know, like I'm not dilated at all. Um, I am hardly effaced at all. Like you can't even tell like where my baby's at. Like it's so far up, like hard, tight, and closed. If you've ever, you know, apparently that's where I was at. Like nothing was happening. Um, and that was like, I think on like the third or fourth, um, of April and I was so defeated. Um, and she just kept telling me it's fine. Like, it's totally okay. I see no issues. Like we're just going to wait. We're just going to be patient. That's what you want to look like for, look for in a provider is somebody that can just be patient with you and help you, breathe when your anxiety kicks in. So, um, I, on my guest day on April 5th, there was a, um, uh, fair, what are those called? A craft fair. Um, so this craft fair I went to and I walked forever. It was my mom and my grandma and my grandpa. And I don't think that I took any of my kids. Maybe I did. You know how memory goes. Um, but we just walked and 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 walked. Um, and eventually I started having almost kind of what felt like Braxton Hicks, but, um, timeable. Like they were like happening, like every five minutes, as long as I was actively walking. And so when they were doing that, um, I was like excited and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, the first time ever, uh, that I've actually had these, you know, waves of pressure Um, and so I was so excited. So I just kept walking. Like you literally, I felt like I could have walked an entire marathon, how excited I was, um, for these to happen. So I just walked like crazy. And so then when the craft fair was done and you actually had to leave, um, my mom took me to the mall, um, and we got a pedicure and I got my toes all painted, um, with like little baby feet on them. 
And then um, I was still having them like while sitting in the chair, just not as often. And so we got up and with my little painted toenails and we walked around the mall and those like ridiculous like flip-flops that they give you that are basically just like styrofoam, you know, sleeves on your feet. And walking all around, walking, 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 and they're still coming. And I'm so stinking excited. And I remember texting my doula and being like, they're here. Like, this is it. I'm having contractions because I really have no idea what any contractions actually felt like because I hardly had any at all before I got my epidural with my uh, first kiddo. And so I really had never felt them before. So I thought for sure these were it. And I was so excited. And I like sent her screenshots of what my little app said. And she's like, that's great. And so she's like, just keep, you know, keep going, get some rest, get some sleep. Um, we were going to go to a movie that night. And so my husband and I, I honestly have no idea what we even went to see. Um, but we went into a movie and it was at that time where you could put the little feet things up and go. And so, um, I like put the feet things up and they kind of stopped. Um, and I was pretty sad because all the contractions, um, stopped at that point. And so I left the movie theater a little bit defeated, to be honest, um, and I am sure that that's how many of um, our clients have felt because prodromal labor is for the birds. Um, and so I went home, went to bed, um, woke up on the 6th, which was a Sunday, and uh, went to church. I remember just like being so sad because they didn't pick back up throughout the night, um, being so defeated. Um, and just like praying at church that I would just have this baby vaginally, like just, I just want this so bad. Um, and even at that time, the pastor like prayed for all the pregnant and expecting moms in the church, um, you know, their babies would be born and grow normally and come to know the Lord. And so I went home and I was like determined to like get these to come back. So I like walked walked up and down our little hall, up and down the steps. I even walked outside um, and did like curb walking. I was all over the place, bouncing on the ball, anything I could do, nothing, not one tiny little wave of pressure like came back. And so I eventually gave up. Um, and I, it was probably like six, seven at night and I just ate dinner and I laid on the couch and I started to rest. Um, and then at about eight, 8.30 or so, um, they started to pick back up again without me doing anything. So I was like, okay, all right. So uh, put our other two kids to bed and they continued and I wasn't really needing to walk for them to come. Um, but I was also freaked out enough that they would go away again <laughs> that I do not recommend this. Let me say this before you, you know, think that you want to try this. This is just my story. You get to talk with your provider before doing anything like this. Um, but I decided that I was going to be really smart and because I Googled a whole lot of stuff, which is not the way to get your medical information um, and advice. Um, but I Googled it and I found that you can make your body um, have stronger contractions by using a breast pump. So I would put this breast pump on so many minutes on, so many minutes off, so many minutes on, so many minutes off. And it did work for me. Um, I honestly think that my body would have done it on its own without the breast pump. Um, 
and I just made it more uncomfortable quicker doing it that way than if I would allow my body to just take its normal course. But I was so freaked out from years of not trusting that my body could do anything that I felt that I needed to help it, which now six years into being a doula, I 100% look back on that and think, oh dear goodness, sweet little girl. Um, but so I used this breast pump and it did help. And I squatted, um, with every single, you know, wave that I had. Um, and then they got closer and then got stronger together. Um, and I remember calling my provider at like, I don't know, like 1030 at night and being like, okay, so they've started. When do I come? Because, you know, like five, one, one, they're definitely five minutes apart, um, they're pretty close to a minute and like, they've been like this for like an hour. So I should come in. Right. And she's like, no, she's like, you need to be able to like, not be able to breathe through or to have to like focus on breathing. And I was like, no, I have to breathe. Like I'm, I'm definitely breathing through. And she's like, no, she's like, I'm listening to you have a couple. She's like, that's, she goes, you're doing great but that's not exactly what I'm looking for. She's like, I'm looking for, you can't talk to me through them. You have to breathe through them. You're not in a talking mood in between them. She's like, we have a little bit, but I think that you're on the right track. So she goes, maybe take a shower. Um, and she goes, and you know, depending on what happens in the shower, maybe you try to lay down and get just a little bit of sleep. So you have some energy. So I was like, okay. So I got in the shower and it was very interesting because once I got in there, they got closer together, but they shortened up and they were not as intense. Um, so instead of being like every five or so minutes apart, they were like every two to three minutes apart. But instead of lasting like 50 to 60 seconds, they were lasting like 20 to 30 seconds and they were not as intense. Um, and so I was like, well, interesting. Okay. So then I got all dried off and I went to lay down because, you know, they had kind of tapered off like they did the other night. And I thought, well, whatever, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm not going to want to deal with this all night. This was close to probably around 1130 at this point. Um, and so I just went, I laid down, I got all like curled up in my bed and then I had one wave and I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to be so annoying all night long if this is how this goes. And I'm sitting here and like, I'm just having these wimpy waves. And so I like moved just a little bit and I heard up and like my body felt up and I was like, what was that? And so I stood up because, you know, you're a little bit freaked out. And so I stood up and fluid started rushing down my leg. And so like I cupped myself and like ran to the bathroom, sat on the toilet and all of my fluids just went into the toilet. And I went, um, um, and so I'm yelling for my husband, come, come, please, come, please. Um, and so I, let me say, did not take any childbirth education classes with any of my kids. Not a good choice. I had no idea what was happening to me and it was downright terrifying. Um, and so my husband saw that my water broke. And so I remember calling my doula and being like, my water broke. And she's like, is it clear? And I'm like, well, what the heck that means? And so like I turn around in the toilet and like it it was clearish, but there was like blood kind of mixed in. And that's what I kind of told her. And she's like, okay, perfect. She's like, um, I will be over. And so I'm like, 
I, I don't know. I think that I just want to go to the hospital right away. And she's like, are you sure? Because it could be a bit. And I'm like, yeah. And so because I was having um, some contractions and then my water broke, all of a sudden the power of these waves were much stronger very quickly. Um, and so then all of a sudden what I was feeling um, was like now like a one on my scale of like discomfort <laughs> and my new ones were like a good five. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I definitely want to go to the hospital. Um, and so I, we met there and she said, um, if you can wait for me to get there, which she pretty sure she like lived pretty close to the hospital, but she said, wait for me to get there. Um, so I can go in with you and like show you where to go and how to get in and um, make sure we get the right room for you. And I was like, yes, that sounds great. So we go um, and apparently like speed like demons because we were there way before her. So I um, did not realize that once your water breaks, it continues to break it. Like it continues to have water leak out. And I was really super wise and I were like light gray um, yoga pants <laughs> to go to the hospital. And I did not put a pad on. Like I put, I think like, I don't even know if I put anything on, to be honest with you. I might've put like a towel on the like seat of the uh, car, but nothing on me. Cause I didn't realize that your water continued to leak, which it does PS by the way. Um, so then I'm sitting on this towel on the way there and each single wave I have of pressure, water leaks out and leaks out and leaks out. So by the time that we drive the 20 minutes to get to the hospital, I have water all the way down my pants. My now light gray pants basically look like dark gray pants. The whole seat is filled, you know, like the little tiny towel did nothing. Um, and so then I remember trying to like fold the towel and like try to like shove it around like my pants so like as I'm walking I'm not like dripping water apparently I had enough water for like all the babies of all the worlds so I am holding this towel in between my legs waddling into the emergency room because that's how you have to enter at about midnight and I'm just sitting in like the ER waiting for our doula to come um, I go into the bathroom there. I, you know, go to the bathroom and I, um, come back out and I'm just sitting there and it's really, really uncomfortable in my back. And so all I want to do is just crawl. Like I'm literally in the, you know, ER area and I am like on my hands and knees and just not feeling great. Um, so finally my doula comes, which it honestly probably was like seven minutes that I had to wait, but felt like forever. Um, and so I, she takes me and shows me how to get up to labor and delivery. We get checked in. They so funnily take us into like a, um, triage room where they need to double make sure that it's my water leaking. Like my pants are soaked. Um, but they still <laughs> had to check if my, it was actually my bag of water. Um, so they did like a little piece of paper and it like instantly turned the right color. And so, um, I, at this point am actually begging for an epidural again, took no childbirth education classes, have no idea what's happening to my body right now. Um, and so I am at this point already begging for an epidural. They check me they say I'm a whole three centimeters. Woo. 
Um, so we get into the room. They say they need to listen to Beatty and do all these things before I can get my epidural. And my doula comes in front of me and she goes, this is not what you wanted. She's like, are you sure this is what you want? And I'm like, I don't know what I want. I just know that I'm uncomfortable. Um, and so she starts to put counter pressure on my back in the exact spot that I was really feeling every single wave of pressure in this one spot. I was feeling zero of them in the front and all of them in the back. Um, so between her and my husband applying really hard counter pressure in this spot, it instantly felt so much better. That And she said, you can actually get into the tub if you want to once baby is uh, has been watched for so many minutes. And so I looked at the nurse and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, praise Jesus. So I... Um, went through like 20 or so 30 minutes on the ball where they were listening to baby they are pressing on my back in this one spot and it feels amazing so I sit there for the minutes and I was able to get into the tub and they were such nice deep tubs um, that I felt instantly so much calmer being in this like warm tub that like covered my entire belly up um it was really amazing. So what my doula ended up doing was um, taking a tennis ball, giving it to me, putting it behind, having me put it behind my back, and then I would press my back against the tennis ball against the like back of this bathtub. And so while doing that, it instantly felt so much better. I had the warmness around all of my parts and that tennis ball, I could press it as hard as I needed to, to get that counter relief. Um, but then all of a sudden I started to get what I nicknamed hot spots, um, like these little kind of almost like sore spots on the tops of my thighs, um, close to like my hip area, but maybe, oh, I don't know, like inch or two away. And it was on both sides and they were just, they had so much like pressure and power in these little like hot spots. Um, and so I would need counter pressure, which I know sounds interesting, but I would need counter pressure to push on these spots to almost like help whatever nerve endings were being, um, hit to calm down. And so each single wave I would press with my body against, um, this ball behind me and my husband would press these little hot spots. Um, and time, like I'm not even sure how time works in birth. Like it's some magical land where it doesn't really exist. It flows. It doesn't make any sense. Um, because I'm pretty sure I spent close to three or four hours in that tub, in that position, um, because it's the only way that I was getting comfort and relief. Um, and so finally, but honestly, it felt like maybe 20 minutes, like max. Um, and so finally my doula said, Hey, maybe we should change positions. And so I changed positions to like the lying down position, you know, like in a normal bathtub. Um, and I didn't have any of that comfort on any of those spots. So like I didn't have the tennis ball on my back. My husband wasn't able to reach as well, my legs to push on those little hot spots. And so I did what any typical person would do. And I freaked out and panicked and I like got out of the tub and um, I was like, oh, I'm uncomfortable and I'm like getting out of the tub. And all of a sudden I like bend over and I have what I would call uh, like 
almost like dry heaves of the vagina. Like my body was just like making the weirdest like feelings of that you had to like do something down there, like go to the bathroom. I don't even know. Such an interesting sensation. Um, so like I ran to the toilet because I didn't know if I needed to go to the bathroom. I stood up because I didn't really feel like I had to. Like I didn't know what was going on. It was almost like a surreal, like what is this? Again, no childbirth age education classes. Um, so I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Like, this is the weirdest thing. And so they check me and I was eight centimeters, which I never thought that I would be eight centimeters ever. Um, like I, the most I ever made it to with my first kiddo was four. And like, that was after like 10 hours, four, that's it. Um, and so I was like eight centimeters. Oh my gosh. But I was so uncomfortable and so panicky. Um, that I, again, begged for the epidural. So this time, I ended up getting the epidural. Um, And it was fine. It went in fine. It worked great. But knowing now, my body, my body takes the epidural, whatever's in it, and it overly relaxes. Meaning, both pregnancies that I've ever had an epidural in, the contractions just stopped. They were just like, we're so comfortable, so calm that we no longer are going to contract. So I uh, fell asleep somewhere around 5 or so a.m. Um, and slept till like 8 a.m. The doctor came in and I had progressed to like 9. Um, but I just wasn't having contractions. Like it just wasn't happening. Um, and so they had to start Pitocin. Um, so at that point, uh, Pitocin was started and... So I got my epidural somewhere around like 4.30, 4.45 a.m. And my kiddo was not born until 4.16 p.m. So it took 12 hours to go two centimeters. Um, And that's just because my body was so dang calm that it did not want to work effectively. Um, So like it was 9, you know, at 8 a.m. And then it really did not change to be... 10 centimeters, um, until like four, like I hardly pushed, like I pushed maybe 20 minutes. Um, and so I, it took such a long time. Um, and I remember them having me do some practice pushing to see if I could maybe bring baby down a little bit further. Cause he was pretty high up still, um, into the pelvis. And they were very content with the fact that my pushing could bring him down, Um, it's just that my cervix needed to get rid of that last centimeter. So finally my doula, um, had permission by me to put me on all sorts of positions again, because I was so scared of if I moved that it was going to like bring back discomfort. But I was finally at the point where I was like, okay, do whatever you need to do. So she got to work and, um, had me in all sorts of like really amazing positions, Um, and the one that ended up finally working was hands and knees over a ball. Um, so I would do that and I would shake, you know, with each pressure wave I could start feeling because now I had Pitocin and it's been a while. So my epidural was kind of wearing off a little bit and I was purposely not hitting the button to have any more because I wanted to have some feeling back so I could, um, know when to move along with the waves. Um, and then, I remember at one point an anesthesiologist came in and I just 
started giving her what I wanted for my C-section. I was like, okay, so I want like a clear drape if possible. Like I want to be able to hold my baby, like trying to explain to her how I wanted this C-section to go because I was at the point where I was like, it's not going to happen. I'm going to need a repeat C-section. So let's just do this. Let's explain all this. Um, and that was probably like less than an hour before he was born. <laughs> and so I was in this position in hands and knees. Um, and then all of a sudden I was like, I really, really have to poop. Like really feel so much like I need to poop. And so I remember, you know, you can't get out of bed when you got an epidural. And so I looked to my doula and I was like, can you go ask the nurse to bring me like a pan or something? I said, because I really need to go to the bathroom. And I said, I can't get out of this bed, but it's going to happen. I was like, my body needs to do this like right now. And I'm sure as a doula, she was like, oh, this is such a good thing. And I'm like, legitimately, I need a pan. <laughs> and so she brought in the, uh, got the nurse and the doctor came in and they checked me and I was 10 centimeters and baby was all the way down and ready to be pushed out. Um, and so that pooping sensation was my baby's head pressing against that like rectal nerve. Um, and so I didn't necessarily need to poop, but I did need to push a baby out. So I um, got rid of the ball and I laid on my side um, and grabbed one of my legs um, and I pushed that little boy out in like 20 minutes. I was darn determined to, you know, get him to come out vaginally. So I pushed with all my might um, and he came out and it he went right on my chest and he looked so tiny. Like I remember him looking so, so small. Um and, you know, just looking at him being like, you're the tiniest little baby ever. He was eight pounds, 10 ounces. So not like a super little tyke, um, but, you know, uh, he was smaller than the other two. He didn't have as many rolls, as much chunk as a quite nine pound baby. He was close. But like, I, I look back and I think eight, 10 is really not that far from like nine, two or nine, three. Um, and so I pushed him out in 20 minutes. Like there was no like nothing really stopping me from pushing this little kiddo out like no no like shoulder issues nothing um and I'm like I really think that if I would have been given enough time um like I was during this I mean 12 hours 12 hours they gave me after eight centimeters to get this kiddo out like they had the patience of Job um and so giving enough time you you really can do pretty cool things um, so, I mean, I got to have him on my chest and, um, cuddle with him and see him and like breastfeed right away and do all these things that I had never got to do before. Um, you don't get to have your baby on your chest in the, in the C-section area, you know, like 10, 13 years ago, that just wasn't a thing. Now, it, you know, you can do that, but back then it wasn't. So i never had got to have, you know, my baby on my chest right away and, count their fingers and count their toes and do all these things. Um, and now my little kiddo is seven today. Um, and he is like full of spunk and like how my grandma would say, like piss and vinegar. Like he just is such a, he's such a neat addition to our family. Um, but definitely has some, uh, attitude and energy, um, but you know, they always say like, no kid is alike and a hundred percent, all three of my kids are absolutely different. Um, and so he was what our family needed. Um, and so 
and, and the birth that I needed. Um, and so I got my V back, um, after two C-sections and I now get the privilege of helping women like that birth told me that I can help other women. Like I already loved the medical aspect of birth being a medical assistant. Um, but now I loved the physiological side of birth, um, the normalcy. And so I put those two together and I have been able to support 150 plus women in the past six years. Um, and it's, it's been the coolest job I've had. And I really, I don't think that I would have been down this path if I wouldn't have had all three of the different births, um, that my, how my kiddos were born. I wouldn't be the same doula, that's for sure. Um, and so I've been able to walk with many, many other VBAC moms down their VBAC journey. Um, and just, I know from a personal experience what that means to them, um, that excitement, that trust in their body again. Um, and so it's, it's extra cool when you get to see those. Um, and so I, and if our clients do have C-sections, I know from personal experience what that's like too, to want a vaginal birth and not end up getting that. Um, and so I feel like that all three of my births have led me to be a really good and effective doula. But um, anywho, I wanted to share with you um, my last birth story just because today is my son's seventh birthday. Um, so I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions, feel free to comment um, in the podcast area or even email us at info at Omaha Birth and Babies. That's I-E-S um, dot com. And we look forward to talking with you next time. We hope you have a fantastic day and don't ever hesitate to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Omaha Birth and Babies. Have a fantastic one. Bye-bye.